For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Aloha, Bruins fans. We're back. David and Travis Ware as your hosts of the UCLA Men's Basketball Podcast brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. On today's episode, we will be talking about the Bruins' previous game against the Hofstra Pride and look ahead to the Bruins in the Maui Invitational. Alright, let's get episode 6 off and rolling. Unfortunately, we have to talk about this Bruins loss last week against the Hofstra Pride. Uh, their first loss of the season, the Bruins are now 4-1. and one. Uh, I thought that they played a relatively decent first half, leading most of the way. Uh, unfortunately, they let a veteran uh, Hofstra team claw back into the game. Very guard-oriented team, um, the Pride. And it showed as in their uh, point guard and their shooting guard combined for uh, 56 points and uh, the team shot 50% from the three-point line. Uh, Dave, can you uh, you know give us some analysis on what you saw? Well, the Bruins have been playing at such a high level. I think we were all pretty optimistic heading into this game that they were going to handle business uh, before they took off to the Maui Invitational. Unfortunately, that could have caught up with them a little bit. They could have been looking ahead to Maui and overlooked Hofstra a bit. I think they might have looked at Hofstra's record coming into the game mm-hmm. at 2-2. Two and two, having, and then, you know, UCLA is coming off some really good wins against teams like Long Beach State, UNLV, um, some other top talent too. Yeah, so. I, this was the Bruins' first real setback of the year. Um, these tend to happen throughout the course of the year. This is just, ha- you know, it was just the Bruins' time. Um, but I think Coach Cronin took this took this opportunity to really point out where the Bruins need to get better. Um, they need to be much they need to be much more aggressive uh, on the perimeter yeah. defensively. Listen, we're we are in the top 30 in block percentage in the nation right now. We have rim protectors. Yeah. Therefore, the game the the guards can afford to gamble a little bit more on the perimeter and play a little more aggressive, which we need to do. We can't allow we can't allow you're not going to win games if you let a team shoot fifty percent uh, from the three yeah, point line. Yeah. you um you pointed out that the Bruins probably looked past this game, and we have discussed this earlier on in some of our previous shows. These trap games, mm-hmm. um, you look ahead to these big games, and we discussed it even heading into Maui. Um, we didn't want to see the Bruins drop one of these games. Unfortunately, they did, but it is a learning lesson for them heading over to Maui, where they are going to face some very tough competition. Uh, starting tonight against the BYU Cougars and potentially either Chaminade or Kansas. Um, and then you mentioned another thing, you, um, top 30 in block percentage. We've reiterated this multiple times on our show. The Bruins' front line is going to get the best out of most of the opponents they play night in and night out. I would, I would agree with that. But what we've talked about on previous episodes, and, and we've been optimistic about the way the Bruins have been shooting the ball, this game we saw where 
their lack of shooting could potentially pose a little bit of obstacles for the Bruins. They but, shot they shot twenty seven percent from three. Um, it was nice. So um, shout out Jay Kaiman for getting his first USA points, coming in and knocking mm-hmm. down those threes. I liked how uh, Coach Cronin used this homestead, this at least this last game of the homestead, to homestand. I'm sorry to get um, Kaiman comfortable. And, you know, Kaiman came in and he produced. I liked what he did. He spaced the floor and knocked down his open shots. I think we're going to see Kaiman and Jaime both needing to play significant minutes for the Bruins when they're lacking shooting from the perimeter and open in order to open up the floor. Because you see how dominant Hill and Riley can be when they have space to operate down low. It's This was a strange game because I look at the team stats and... You know, we had 36 rebounds to their 27. We yeah. had 22 assists to their two, uh, 12 assists. Um, we only had 11 turnovers. We shot 47% from the f- from field goal. So our team stats didn't look that bad. It's just the fact that we gave up 50% from three and 50% from from field goals overall. Yeah. So you're you're just you're not going to win games doing that. But everything else looked good for the Bruins. I thought UCLA was a little bit careless with the ball, um, pointing to their 11 turnovers. But, you know, overall, UCLA looked like the team that was in control in the first half of this game. And then it got away from down the stretch towards the end of the second half. Cody Riley made a mental error, uh, goes goes after an offensive rebound, gets called for the offensive foul, then compounds it by getting uh, teed up. And has to sit down because that counts as his fifth personal, mm-hmm. and that's where Hofstra takes advantage and goes on their run. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and then, I mean Chris and then Chris Smith had a, a costly turnover when the Bruins were trying to make their late comeback. That kind of sealed it for Hofstra. But some good individual performances for the Bruins is again. Jalen Hill is playing great this year. He's playing his best basketball of his collegiate career. Definitely. I think he's going to be a staple for the Bruins' front line this year. He had 24 points, new career high. I feel 12 like, rebounds. I feel like every game it's like a new career high for him. Cody uh, Cody Riley has a solid game, 12-6. and six. Chris Smith, another, you know, it, from the looks of it, it might have looked like he was a bit underachieving and, and it was a, under, a bit underwhelmed yeah. but he still finished with 12 and 4 yeah 12 but i think those stats are a little bit misleading yeah. i thought that he was a little quiet yeah a little quiet um against hofstra um, he needs to be his presence just needs to be felt with his with his talent and his attributes and his, his way vers- of, he, he's very versatile he, he needs, can affect the game he, in a lot he, of different and ways and he needs to focus on that if it, things aren't going for him offensively he needs to just get his energy defensively and really impact yeah. the game on that end or just get get a couple offensive rebound put back yeah. to the foul, foul line but i want to see him starting to uh, initiate more so than letting you know just sitting back and being complacent yeah um you know our guard play was a little bit I thought it was it was suspect. It was suspect. I mean, Ali finished with nine and four, but was four for four for thirteen from the field. And Tiger was only zero for three from the field. He needs to be much more aggressive. Yeah, he was he, another guy that disappeared a little bit in this game. Um, I would have liked to see him get some momentum heading into Maui. Continue to build on what he's been doing early on in the season, getting into the lane, distributing the ball. But you know what? I know we're talking about what UCLA didn't do well but you got to credit Hofstra for coming out and performing and playing well they're two guards in um Bowie and Ray Ray um, combining for 56 points yeah one had 27 the other had 29 they were filling up the you know they were filling it up from all over the court they were hitting tough shots tough contested threes but whether or not they're hitting contested shots or not you got to make other guys score you got to make other guys beat you mm-hmm. you got to make the bigs uh for Hofstra um 
you know, you got to make their roles bigger. You got to make you got to take the ball out of Ray and Bowie's hands. Yeah. Um, like we said in the beginning, we need to be much more aggressive on the perimeter with our guard play, which I thought, <clears throat> excuse me, which I thought we had been doing throughout our first four games. We saw a lot of pressure. We saw the running and jump and the traps and things like that. I thought um, we just took a bit of a step back, but Coach Cronin probably pointed this out. They watched film, and you know they're in Maui right now, and we're getting ready to play a very difficult field. Look, ultimately, I would have loved to see the Bruins be 5-0 and heading into Maui, but they dropped one to Hofstra. You live and you learn. Um, we have BYU tonight. November 25th, tip-off is at 8 p.m., I believe. Dave, um, can you give us some analysis on what we're going to see tonight or what you think we're going to see from BYU and the UCLA Bruins? This is a BYU team that's very guard-oriented um, and obviously an older, experienced team, but a team, nonetheless, that's very dangerous. I think it's easy. It's hard to get a read on them because they beat Houston earlier in the year. They barely pull one out against Southern Utah, which UCLA we beat, handled, which we handled the whole game. Well. But I look at their their scoring on their team, and it makes me nervous because they seem to be a similar team to Hofstra, where they have three guards that shoot the ball well, that are capable of filling it up. You got um, Toulson, who averages 16 points per game at 46% from three. You got Barcella, who's uh, 11 points per game, 50% from three. And then you got Haas, who's at 12 points a game, who's not shooting it well from three, but very capable shooting it from three. Haas, is he the younger brother of... Um, the Haas that was there. The Haas that was there a few years ago? Um, possibly. I'm not I'm Tyler not sure. Haas, perhaps? Yeah, I'm, I would have to look Cause that Because he, he's a hooper. I remember playing against him, and he's been a pro for a few years as well. And, and this guy looks to be very, you know, have a very similar Similar game. size and build, but... But look at—I mean—you look at the field. You got BYU. Um, our pot- potentially our next game will be against Kansas, and then on the other side of the bracket, you got Michigan State, uh, Dayton, Georgia, Virginia Tech. So it's a—it's it's a loaded field. It's a loaded field. Difficult, um, difficult Maui Invitational. But as I look at this game, if I'm BYU and I'm trying to. You're looking at that. You're you're analyzing. You're the coaches. You're analyzing that Hofstra tape. Mm-hmm. That Hofstra tape, and seeing how Hofstra was productive and how they beat the Bruins. I'm. I think there's three keys that BYU is going to look at going into this game. One, shooting. They're going to try and fill it up from three because UCLA is allowing almost 38 percent from three-point percentage from their opponents this year. And you got you, you can't forget that the Maui Gym invitation, the gym that they play, it's a shooter's it's gym. A shooter's gym. Yeah. It's a small rec center gym where shooters, you know, they have a good backdrop. They could really get it going. They could get hot. But seeing as that's something I think they're going to focus on, UCLA, need, UCLA needs to be extra aggressive on the perimeter, denying three-point shots, pressuring the guards, funneling one, it, like we want to keep the, we want to really concentrate on our one-on-one defense and keep them out of the paint. But it is nice to have the luxury of having two very good shot blockers at the rim. Well, I'm looking at, I'm looking at their team, BYU's team right now, and they have four guys that are shooting 38 percent or higher from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. Two of them 
damn near 50%. Yeah. That's so UCLA needs to do everything they can to chase them off the line and force them into contested mid-range jumpers and even you know even funnel them right into Cody Riley and, and Jalen Hill at the rim and into, into getting some block shots. Yeah. If I'm UCLA, I'm doing extra pressure on the perimeter and like you said, just funnel them into your shot blockers, make them take contested twos at the rim and then all these you you need to treat BYU as what what we call at the professional runoff guys where you're sprinting out you're lunging at them you're not letting them shoot threes you're making them put it in the ground dribbling into a two-point jump shot or dribbling into a contested rim finish yes i think it i think the second thing that byu is going to look to do to disrupt the bruins a little bit is really pressuring our guards giving making them have a tough time feeding Jalen Hill and Cody Riley down because that is our bread and butter. That is where we are dominant inside. Down low. Well, yeah, you see it. It's been evident so far this season that the bigs for UCLA have won every single one of their battles. Mm-hmm. The guards have won a couple, but also lost a couple, like mm-hmm. we saw in Hofstra. So I don't think BYU has a chance to bang with UCLA down low and beat them on the glass. That's why I'm saying that the BYU guards are going to do everything they can to pressure and pick up UCLA's guards and make it difficult for post-entry passes, just force them into turnovers. As you've seen, we tend to get a little, at times, careless with the ball when we face a lot of pressure. Um, and then I think the third the third key that kind of goes along with the pressure is BYU is going to really try not to foul us because UCLA is in the top 10 this year and getting to the free throw line. They're shooting 71%. They are shooting 71%. So we're shooting the ball um, above average. We're we're shooting it pretty well. But along with that pressure, I don't think they're going to want to get into a free throw battle with UCLA, how aggressive we are around the paint in the lane and on offensive glass. And shout out to Chris Smith, who's 17 for 17 from the line so far this year. Super impressive. Yeah, keep it going. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about how this um, this tournament is formatted. So the Bruins will play tonight. All the teams will play three nights in a row. Um, physically fatiguing, mentally fatiguing. Would you say this benefits the underdog, or will this benefit the team that is favorited? I know tonight the Bruins are only favored by one and a half points. Mm -hmm. Pretty even game heading into it. Uh, I don't want to look ahead to our next opponent. Uh, So let's talk a little bit about how three games and three nights can benefit one uh, one team or the other. I think it's a bit of a double-edged sword. Um, You know, if you're going into a game and you're possibly the underdog, you might be able to catch catch your opponent slipping a little bit because they're not able to prepare they're not able to game plan as much and you just go out there and you play free and you play aggressive and you play your style of basketball um but again there's the other side of it where when you're playing a a potentially a a top 10 team like kansas you want to have all the days in ahead to prepare to get there get your your ducks in a line get their sets get their sets game uh scouted um, get their know their personnel, who's shooters, who's not shooters. I think at the minimum, the biggest thing that the young Bruin players are going to have to focus on is just the personnel, who's shooters, who's not shooters. You start, <laughs> at this point in the season, you start to see an, a team identity start to form a little bit, so you know where your bread and butter is. Mm. I think as long as Tiger takes care of the ball, gets downhill, distributes to the bigs down low on the dunker, I think if we hit some shots, 
The biggest thing is I and then perimeter defense and limiting teams to one shot, which we have been. I think defensively we have been limiting teams to one shots. Um, the ha- teams have not been getting a lot of offensive rebounds on us. I think we can pick up our perimeter pressure. But offensively, if we knock down shots, Tiger kicks, takes care of the ball, and we just play simple, um, organized ball, I think we'll be fine. Like you said, this is a smaller gym, and it is a bit of a shooter's gym, which hopefully is going to benefit the Bruins, seeing as we've had our shooting woes this year coming off of this game against Hofstra. Well, we've been very... Well, Tiger and Chris are both... Chris Smith are both shooting 40... I think 43.5% from the three-point line. Very good. Mm. I love to see Prince Ali get going mm-hmm. um, this tournament. Jules Bernard has showed spurts of yeah, being Jules a Bernard, knockdown three-point shooter. Against Southern Utah, mm-hmm. he, he, he looked great. But I think that if you can say one thing about the Bruins and what their Achilles heel would be, it would be their potential shooting from three and their, or their lack of shooting from three. I would, I would agree with you. I'm going to be interested to see... If we see Kaime, how much we see of Jake or Jaime in this game, because I think that will be a prelude to if we're going to see them perhaps against our next few opponents, whether it's Kansas or if we go further. I think Coach Cronin did a great job of getting them implemented and getting them some minutes because, like you said, three games in three days. For a Bruins team that we didn't think was very deep, it's going to be fatigue is going to play a factor when you got guys playing 30, 35 minutes plus a game. You're going to have to use your bench. You you have to. Yeah. You're going to have to. So you need to play eight to nine guys. So the fact that he got Jake some minutes last time to get him acclimated, get his you know first game nerves out of the way, Jaime's had some minutes here and there, yeah. you're going to have to play eight to nine guys. I would like to see the Bruins push it out into a comfortable lead early in this game mm-hmm. so then you could kind of open up your rotation a little bit get save, some, get save some. some of your main guys that are going to play 30 to 40 minutes tomorrow night mm-hmm. and um the 27th so i am excited heading into this tournament i do think the bruins are a dark horse to compete for the championship uh, obviously they're going to be facing some stiff competition but I think the Bruins have the talent and the coaching to get the job done. Um, the game, I th- believe I said the wrong time earlier in the show. The game is at 8.30 Pacific time. And we have the honor of listening to the great Bill Walton call the game. Always entertaining. So tune in and show your support. Go Bruins and good luck. And before we wrap this show up, I just want to give a quick shout out to Zach Levine, um, highlighting a UCLA Bruin that's doing well in the NBA right now, coming off a career performance of 49 points and setting a franchise Bulls record with 13 made threes. Uh, Super impressive, Zach. Keep it up and good luck for the remainder of the season. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.